Hey everybody, welcome back to the Junk Drawer Podcast. Today is the start of a special new series that I am going to title Roundtable Discussions with Quincy Davidson. And thank you for listening to the Junk Drawer Podcast. Alrighty, welcome back to the Junk Drawer Podcast. Today is a special episode. I have my friend Quincy Davidson on, um, and uh, to start off, I'll just have him kind of give a little bit of his background, kind of how he became close friends, and uh, give a little bit of his history, and then we're going to jump right into uh, a conversation today on leadership and kind of the main drive of the conversation is just how ego plays a huge impact in how both the follower and the leader interact with each other. But Quincy, go ahead and give a little bit of your background, your history and all that. Sure. So, uh, yeah, I met Silas in college. Um, I guess I was roommates or the room next to your brother. And so you were in there a good bit hanging out with him. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just kind of got to know you slowly over time. And then I think one of the main things where we got to know each other was uh, recording a CD with the college. We sang the same part, tenor, and we were singing next to each other and uh, just kind of got talking. We, we got to know each other on a little bit of a deeper level, and then some things happened and hard times came. And I just I really appreciated your friendship, and I always looked up to you. You're very balanced, and <laughs> I just appreciate your, your insight. And yeah. uh, I've always seen you as a, an older brother, which I'm the oldest in my family, so I didn't. Didn't have one of those, and uh, it's good to be here with you today. And yeah. uh, appreciate the opportunity. No, oh, yeah, it's awesome to have you on here. We've uh, we've been trying to work this out to get him on here for a little while, so this is working out good. Yeah, we we're click track bros in uh, the corral for the recordings that we did. Uh, do you remember the first time you came to the school? I was a freshman, and you came to visit. Um, okay, I remember you thinking you were like this completely like punk kid, like young <laughs> punk guy that came in, but. No, uh, everybody thinks I was stuck up. I think I was just nervous. <laughs> well, so I was quiet. And, and also, you're only, quiet. you're only there for like two days or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, who is this guy that's just like coming into the dorm and like acting like he owns the place? Like, who you know, <laughs> is this guy? But no, we, we became really close friends in college. Um, There's kind of a core group of us guys. It was me, you, um, Jesse and Matt. And uh, Luke, Luke, when he was there and we, we got had kind of a core group of guys, we we spent Thanksgiving together at the Stratton's. Yeah, that was, that's right. That was pretty awesome. And, oh yeah, uh, we did a lot of. We just had a lot of good times. Came really close. Um, Quincy's is actually in my wedding as one of my groomsmen, so I consider him a, a pretty close friend and and a, a you know a, a brother in Christ. And it's pretty awesome to be uh, friends with you. Anyway, so moving on. So, um, me and Quincy both are fans of a certain podcast. Um, it's actually funny. I was talking to my brother Brendan yesterday, and about it. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm not really a fan of his podcast." But I was like, <laughs> well, "I was like, it's definitely not for everybody." <laughs> but no, and, and it's uh, it's Jocko's podcast. I know a lot of people know his podcast, and his whole thrust is leadership and training leaders, and training productive leaders. And uh, I listened to one of his podcasts. I don't know. Did you listen to episode three eighty three? Um, uh, what's the title of that one? Uh, I didn't write down the title. It was pretty recent. Um, anyway, he it, it's I believe it's the one where he's interviewing the colonel. Anyway, it doesn't matter. 
Um, so I listened to his podcast and I was taking notes the whole time because it was just it was really good. And the whole thrust of that episode in particular yeah. was leadership. Uh-huh. And uh, one thing that he says a lot of time, and actually my dad always said, he always talks about ego check, um, having an ego check, um, going into a situation and having an ego check. And my dad always taught us growing up, he would always say one thing to us. He would say, every man has an ego. And you need to remember that. And to me, I was like, I don't even really know what that means. And I don't know. What do you What do you think, Quincy? What What does it mean to you? Like, what does ego mean to you? Like, what's... I know oh, that's wow. like right out the bat, like... And I'll tell you what my thoughts are after. But just like what when somebody says ego check, what does that mean to you? Yeah, so I don't know. I, I've, you know, there's a lot of talk about ego today in leadership podcasts or spaces or whatever. But I guess in a, in a good sense, there's a, a drive to succeed, but then that can quickly turn into a bad sense. I think most of the time we talk about e- ego, uh, at least for me, I immediately equate it with selfishness. And so I think there is a positive aspect of ego. If you're talking about under circumstances, you know, you need to have that drive to succeed. You need to, to have a will to win. But most often I think that ego will get out of control and it will just drive you to be all about yourself. Right. Yeah. And, and kind of like the way I always looked at it is, you know, an ego is one's self-esteem, their self-worth. And you, you have to have that because, I mean, the counter to that is like self-doubt and you're always down on yourself. You know, the EOR personality, which in some ways is, I mean, I, I guess in all ways really is extremely negative. Like that's not going to actually get you anywhere to be down on yourself all the time, depressed, woe is me. So y- you want to have a certain level of self-worth, self-worth. And like you said, that drive, but that has to be in check. You have to realize, okay, yes, here is my self-worth and here's my self-esteem to keep me driven and to keep me motivated but you got to have, and this is the other word that I feel like goes hand in hand with ego is humility. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the point that my dad was always trying to get across to us is to remember that every man has an ego and that's going to drive the way their worldview is. So you have to keep your ego in check with humility. Um, I don't know. What, what, are you, what are your thoughts on that? Kind of that aspect of how the ego is important, but it has to be kept in check with like humility and, and obviously that's another thing. Cause you can be like, Oh, well, uh, I, I'm humble. And, and then there's the whole, the whole aspect of the humble brag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, but I, I don't know. Like what do you, how do you, yeah, what is that? that? What is that joke? Uh, I, I wrote a book. Oh, there's, there's a few, but one of them is three steps to humility and how I did it in one. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like the world's not uh 10 most humble men and how I trained the other nine or something like that. Yes. Yes. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. That's great. But like you think about in sports, like you get somebody who's like that alpha male jock personality, which is really good because they kind of can be that cohesive leader Mm. that, you know, you need that in a coach or in a team captain, whatever it is, you, you need that ego. You need that high self esteem, but, at the same time, it has to be in check. Um, I played sports with people a ton where kind of the alpha male personality 
And then you get another guy with that personality and they would clash because they didn't have the ability to say, Hey, this guy has the same, you know, ego, if you will, as I do, but we can work together. And Hey, I'm going to, even though I think I may be, because we all do this because we're guys and I, I'm better than you are, but at the same time, I'm be like, yeah, okay, I'm going to follow you and I'm going to team up with you. And that way we can be stronger. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, ultimately in this example, that's just being the bigger man because while you may be better at sports or he may be better at sports, you're going to subjugate yourself under him so you can help the team, Yeah. Uh, which, which goes back to humility. But yeah. In general, I think humility is superbly important. And, you know, an ego without humility is just going to, to go exactly what I was talking about at the beginning and just extreme selfishness and, and pride, really. And I think a lot of that stems, um, I don't know if this is jumping ahead too early, but I think a lot of that stems from insecurity. Yeah. And, and I, don't, I don't know. I think people are trying to overcompensate. And when we see in other people or ourselves, if we're wanting to prove ourselves over somebody, a lot of times we might claim that's our ego. Yeah. And maybe it is, but I think that's born out of insecurity of feeling like we're not good enough. Yeah, no, I think that's that's like that's right on. Yeah, that's a good kind of segue into um, a lot of times how, for whatever reason, whether you know it's the insecurity or immaturity, because both those two, while they're different things, they almost they go hand in hand. Um. Like I know a lot of scenarios with people where they're unteachable because of three things. One, their ego gets in their way, which I think, oh, this is the other thing I was going to say, ego and pride. I feel like that's what I was going to say earlier when I talked about how like what, it, when, like what is what is ego. In a way, I think it goes, a good cinema would be pride. And pride is a good thing because you need to have pride in yourself. But at the same time, that pride needs to be kept in check, not an arrogant sort of pride. But to be like we always say, I'm proud to be an American. Like there's a level of pride and ownership that goes with that, and that was that was the. Um, I, sorry, I just got on a complete rabbit trail, but wanted to finish that thought. Anyway, so going back to to uh, where we were going with a lot of times, immaturity, ego or pride, and insecurity those three things play into why somebody can't be a good either follower or even even a good leader Uh, because you know if you make a mistake and somebody calls you out on it what's your natural response it's going to be to bristle get mad all that or you know you, you think of these times where you go to camp or you go to a sports whatever event whether it's just at a picnic or whatever and you have a group of people getting ready to play a game or getting broke up on teams, you instantly start to see, you'll get a group of 15 guys that don't know each other ever, and all of a sudden they get thrown together on a team, and they have to work together. And what do you see all the time with that? You, you see, like, they're instantly, everybody's, like, trying to jockey, jock for the, yeah, the highest yeah. positions. You know what I mean? And, and then you get that aspect of, okay... All these guys, all these alpha male personalities, which I would definitely say, I don't know, what are your thoughts? I, I definitely would say most guys, for the most part, there's a certain level of that alpha male personality in them. Yeah, I think there's a tendency that way, which, yeah, I don't know. I was just thinking about that. I think sometimes it's almost better not to be like that and not to be worried about the jockeying 
but always be ready to take the lead. Right. Like maybe that's just the way I'm built or maybe that's what right. I think is right. Or maybe I think it's right because it's the way I'm built. I don't know. But right. I'm not usually going to be the guy jockeying for position, maybe sometimes, but right. I, I try not to. But I'm always going to be willing to. So right. if there's a leadership vacuum, then I want to step into it. But I don't want to always be bristling and trying to fight for the top spot. <laughs> right. Uh, like my dad always said, lead by example. Jocko is saying is lead from the front. And then I believe, I don't know if it was also him that said, like, when in charge, be in charge. Like, there is a certain point to where, you know, a lot of times you'll, you'll see guys, they'll, they'll be jockeying whatever for that leadership position. And then a lot of times, if you know, wow, this is actually something, like, you'll come into a situation, it's like right up your wheelhouse. It's like, man, this is like right in my alley. I could be really good at this, but you know what? I'm just going to stand back and let it all work itself out. And then when I get my opportunity, then I'll be like, Hey, here's my perspective on that. And then a lot of times when, after all the dust settles, it's like, well, yeah, then dude, you're the one that needs to be in charge because you know the most about it. And a lot of times our ego or our pride or our insecurity or all of them get in the way. And then it's like fighting. Like I've been on football teams before where it was like, you had two guys who were the world's best quarterbacks. <laughs> and then they're fighting the whole entire time for the ball or whatever. And they're trying to like, they're just trying to be the one that's in charge. And then the whole team falls apart because right. then, then the rest of the team is literally like, they can't do anything. Your, your team literally falls apart. Yeah. Where, when, and it, again, it goes back to, it is hard to do this as guys because again, mm, most guys kind of have that ego, that pride, that that drive to be the number one dude. So it is hard to submit to say, and obviously that's that's another word that gets so abused. Submit, oh, you submit. Well, it, it's not a bad thing to submit to somebody else's leadership and say, hey, you know what? You take you take the you take charge on this, and I'll and I'll go play another position, or I'll I'll go take another role and be the best at that role that I possibly can be. Right. And I think a lot of that is born out of just insecurity, immaturity, and all that. What do you think? Yeah, that's a good trio. I've never never quite put those three together quite like that, but but yeah, I agree with you. That's good. Now, you were in college and I'm coming at a lot a lot of this from a work perspective. I'll get into that a little bit. Um, but you you were in leadership in school and mm-hmm. w- I guess what from these facets did you kind of see in leading people? And then how did you learn to identify other people's strengths and or weaknesses and then seek to, as a leader, support those roles and encourage them in that? Like what was kind of your thought process? And um, I don't know if, MO, but whatever you want to call it, like, what, how did you approach those or was every situation unique? Kind of what, give us a little, give me a little bit of like your, your kind of thought process on that. Sure. Uh, so yeah, a lot of different, a lot of different scenarios, uh, things we were responsible for, things we did for, for fun or whatever that we had to run. Um, usually I tried to come to every plan, to every meeting with a plan of what I wanted to happen. And then I tried to not use that plan. Mm-hmm. So I would come with an idea, okay, we have to plan this activity for three hours. I would come having a rough idea of what I wanted to do that three hours. But then I would ask my team, I had worked with three other people. I would say, what do y'all think we should do? 
and a lot of times it'd just be crickets. So I'd offer out a suggestion yeah. and then somebody would critique it or somebody would say, no, no, that's not good. We should do this. Yeah. And it was like, they needed me to say something before they said something. Yeah. And if their idea was feasible, you know, I'm going to run with it. I think a lot yeah. of times we're talking about ego. If we have that ego in the way, then we're not going to want to use other people's plans or right. ideas. Yeah. But yeah. in another vein, whenever somebody had an idea, they said, hey, we should do this. I'd be like, hey, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. You go ahead and do it. If you need help, I'll help. But I, I know I've seen other leaders in the same position be like they had somebody come to them and offer a ton of ideas that they could do. And and the leader was like, yeah, oh, I'll think about it. And then he did nothing with it. Yeah. I want to be as empowering as I can because that's kind of my job as a leader. You know, I if I've been given power, I, I feel like I need to divest that into others and yeah. allow them to run with like what ideas they have. Yep. And it is kind. Of, it is interesting how, like you said, how a lot of times you'd come and you'd be like, "Hey, what do you guys think about this?" And it'd be like crickets. But then as soon as you kind of like throw out something, it's like all of a sudden ideas start exploding. It's like, well, you had to have had those thoughts in mind before. Why didn't you say? But it is, and I think that's an like, like I think of my dad here at church, and how him as a pastor is the leader, and a lot of times like we as you know, there's a lot going on in our lives for us people that come to the church as as the congregation, if you will. And then dad will bring some stuff to the table as ideas. And all of a sudden it's like things start exploding all over the place. Like, Oh, we could do this. We could do that. Or we could do this and do that. Or I put it into, you know, kind of at work, I'm training guys and I'll be like, give them suggestions, say, Hey, this is kind of how I do this. And then I'll, and then when I give them the ability, they all of a sudden will start, you know, sometimes they're terrible ideas. Sometimes they're, absolutely awesome ideas. They'll start bringing stuff to the table. And it's like, as a leader, I feel like that part of it is extremely important. Um, that ability to say, here's some stuff we could do, like, and start feeding, you know, feeding the mind and then watch as other people who, and I want to get into personality in a little bit, but you see all the different personalities start to come out and start to have input. And it's like, See, this is the stuff we're talking about. You know, this is the type of stuff. You get ideas. You get ideas from different angles. And like that's the benefit. And that's why God created us with everybody kind of a unique personality um, is because we're all going to see something from a different angle. Uh, it's like, have you ever noticed like if you take something and you go one-on-one to 10 guys and you give them like whether it's an issue or an idea, you talk to them and you're going to get like kind of a real tainted or biased perspective on something but then if you get all 10 of those people in the same room it's like you you have the checks and balances you have the negative world ideas or the negative kind of perspective or the negative reaction then you have those balanced out by the always positive reaction and then you kind of have the which is always the the smallest group of people kind of the real balance perspective and you get all three of those and you're going to be able to identify the problems. You're going to have the enthusiasm, and then you're going to have the balanced perspective. And all three of those provide the checks and balances. Whereas if you go to those situations one-on-one, it, it's not the same. Mm-hmm. And that's where as a leader, you you, it, you have to like identify those different aspects of personality and the different worldviews, the different life experiences, the different levels of maturity, and then put all those together in a cohesive unit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So basically what you're saying is, is if I let my ego take control, 
I'm going to be very limited in my perspective because mm-hmm. I'm not going to listen right. to what other people are saying. Right. Yep, exactly. And uh, I don't know. There's just there's so many different rabbit trails you could go down with. You know that that kind of single idea. But I don't know. I don't know. Do you have any any other thoughts before we kind of move on into into other stuff? Yeah, I guess I guess one more. You, you mentioned Jocko earlier. One thing that I've learned from him that's been super helpful is. Uh, I don't feel like I'm very easily upset or angered. Uh, mm-hmm. But two things that, that get me riled up is injustice or when I see an egotistical person. Yeah. Yep. And and I just want to prove them, like put them in their place, man. It just <laughs> bothers me. But listen to Jocko. He, he says several times he writes in a few of his books, anytime you get upset at someone else's ego, that's just your own ego that's reacting. Right. And so – Anytime I see that, I'm like, oh, whoa, wait a minute. Let me check myself out. Get myself an ego check, as you said at the beginning. And, you know, if, yeah. if you're always taking ownership of the problem, you're always going to be in a better spot. But that's one one insight that I've had to learn because there are some people that are just like, man, they need to get a handle on themselves and be like, mm-hmm. no, I'm the one that needs to get a handle on myself. So right. it's the only person I can control. Right. And I, I tend to be like that a ton. My personality is <laughs> I'll go home. Whether stuff will happen and I'll go home and I'll rant to Nicole for like an hour and I'll be just like all oh, fuming and I'm I'm gonna go to that person and I'm gonna tell him off and Nicole just look at me like, No, you're not <laughs> She's not saying like no you're not, like I'm gonna stop you. She's saying no you're not because after you get all done you're gonna cool off and I'm gonna be back to my balanced self. But I tend to be very reactionary. Uh-huh. Like I'll see something and it's like, what is the deal with that idiot? Like, what is that guy's deal? Or I'm really bad when I'm driving. And so like, I'll, I'll, I get all fired up because I'm like, I can't stand that like injustice or I can't stand it when like, why can't this person see that they're being just an idiot or whatever the case may be. And I get all fired up and it's like, I just want to fix it. I want to fix it. It's like, well, mm-hmm. and it's not my job to fix other people kind of like you say like it's you know i'm gonna do all i can to be a good leader but just step back and you know let let things kind of work out themselves it's crazy how time like things just seem to always kind of work out over time um and, and when we're reactionary when our when we're like oh it like it doesn't help anything it kind of just always, if anything, it just gums stuff up more because then, you know, I'm clashed. My ego and my ideas and my pride is clashing with this other person. And then it just kind of all snowballs from there and it just becomes a mess. But yeah, no, that's, that's good. It's, it can, we could, I'm sure we could rant, ramble about this forever. I kind of want to hit on two other topics, maybe just one, um, fear. Like, like, and there's so many different fear is the other thing I want to talk about how fear, and I guess this kind of plays into insecurities, um, like fear, we think of fear. There's, there's a couple different types. There's, I'm scared of snakes and spiders. I have a phobia of whatever. I'm scared of the dark. Um, more the fear I'm talking about is more the fear of failure the fear of making ourselves look bad and or the fears 
like there are a lot of different things you're picking up one putting down i think so um and i guess just what what are your thoughts what would you say if you had somebody that was you know struggling kind of this aspect of fear and insecurity how would you approach counseling and helping them overcome their fears and overcoming their insecurities like what approach kind of would you take Hmm. well yeah i think it certainly depends on what kind of fear um Mm -hmm. there they have for me um one of the verses that came to be in the bible that came to be super helpful for me throughout college uh and i'm going to forget the reference but the verse is perfect love casteth out all fear and a uh, verse in Proverbs says, the fear of man bringeth a snare, but who so far this trust in the Lord shall be saved. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of people, when we're talking about fear, and I'm just speaking for myself here, are afraid of what other people think of them. But so it became very apparent to me, apparent to me, excuse me, early on that you can't help someone you're trying to impress. And so if I'm afraid of what people think of me, I can't love them as I ought. And if I love them as they ought, then I can't be afraid of what yeah. they think of me. Yep. So that's, that's a very limited um, definition of fear there. That might not be the fear you're talking about. But if we are struggling with the fear of what people are thinking, that's something that's been super helpful to me. As yeah. for a fear of uh, – sorry, go ahead. You want to comment on that? No, I was just going to say that's, that's kind of right on with where I'm going. And, and there's two sides to it uh, because fear, fear is also a good thing when it's kept in check. When you let fear – kind of be when you let fear control you versus when you take your fear and let it keep you grounded. You see what I'm saying? That, that the two sides of that coin, you can be controlled by fear or you can say, okay, I'm going to take this fear and let it ground me. Keep it always in the mind and, and help it drive you and keep you focused. Um, a lot of times in what I do in work, um, I'm doing a lot of like super technical stuff and I may be getting into situations where I'm like completely maybe out of my comfort zone or don't know a lot about what I'm doing or I'm dealing with maybe a more difficult customer and I'm pressured. And if I allow the fear, if you will, drive that situation, it's only going to make things worse. Or if I allow the fear of failure to get in the way, I'm never going to be able to overcome that battle and yeah. succeed on the other side. Yeah, you so, can't be paralyzed by it. Right, paralyzed by fear. You, you hear that all the time, like people are paralyzed by fear. And fear, in a in a lot of ways, fear is, fear is a really good teacher. Um, mm-hmm. Like even with kids, like you, you kind of go back to the physical fears, you know, the spiders, the snakes, the dark. Um, when I was a kid, I was terrified to go outside by myself. And, you know, that's an unreasonable fear. So when we were goofing off, dad would always make us go get a load of wood. And a lot of times it was we had to go out by ourselves. And where the woodshed was, like right along the woods. And I was always scared to death. But my dad would make me, no, you're going to get over this fear. And I didn't really ever get over it, but at the same time, you're facing your fears head on. And while that's a very silly, you know, your little kid fear, that translates right over into real life. I mean, real life is full of fears, if you will, you know, things that are intimidating. Maybe fear isn't the right word. I don't know what you think on that. But I think, but think like those things keep us grounded. And I think those things play right into checking our ego. You know what I'm saying? 
I don't know if you're if you're following kind of what I'm saying. And correct me if I'm wrong there. Like I don't want to. I don't want. Like I'm not just looking for you to agree with me. Do you see what I'm kind of saying though? Where I'm kind of trying to go with that. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts? I guess if if you're if you acknowledge your fear. If you have fear, you have to acknowledge it. You can't just ignore it, you know. And and if you acknowledge it, yeah, you can't be prideful because you're acknowledging some form of weakness, you know. Mm-hmm. But at yeah. the same time, yeah, I, I think fear is is the stick, and you know, success is the carrot or whatever you want to use that analogy. Right. Like, yeah, if you know that if you don't do, you know, whatever you need to do to succeed, that you're going to fail, then yeah, that fear of failure is good because it's going to make you do whatever you need to do in order to succeed. Yeah. Um, in, in, in facing your fear, it head on. And like I said, it kind of keeps you balanced and grounded. And that's, to me, that's kind of the cool part about, I guess it all boiled down. It keeps us human. Um, realizing, Hey, I'm human. I'm going to make mistakes. Learning from those mistakes is important. Getting a grip on, okay. Taking the bull by the horns, if you will. And, you know, that, that's how we learn and that's how we grow. Um, yeah, I think I, I agree with that. Maturity isn't so much about becoming less fearful, less often, though I think that'll happen. Yep. I think maturity is more about learning how to act in spite of fear. Yeah. Yep. Um, or letting fear motivate. It, it depends on what you're afraid of. Again, if you're afraid of failure, then acting so you don't fail. But if you're afraid of doing something you ought to do, yeah. And well, that's what they say of courage. courage. Courage isn't acting without fear; it's acting in spite of fear, right? And doing doing something heroic or, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, I always see I see guys that that aren't don't seem to be like afraid, and I'm like, man, like is that guy normal? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and then you talk to him, you're like, no, I was terrified, but you know, the job had to get done, or whatever the yeah. case may be. Yeah. And I'm using fear as a very generic word. I, it could also just be nervousness or you know, insecurity or, or whatever, there's, you know, there's all kinds of different words you can use, but they're all kind of getting to the same point of, of, you know, I, yeah. Anyway, I, I don't trying to think of a good way, better way to put it into, but yeah, just, just that fear, allowing fear. Like I know in what I do for work, when I allow fear to motivate me, you know, that, ins- that, that nervousness to motivate me instead of get me down. If I say, okay, if I approach it from the side of okay, this I don't I don't know this. There's a lot of unknowns, but you know what? I'm gonna do the very best I can and learn from it. If I come at it from that perspective, it almost always comes out great on the backside. Or then you're allowed to say, hey, I don't know the answer, but I at least attacked it, and now I can try to find the answer. Where if I'm like, oh man, I I don't know, I can't do that, and I just allow somebody else to always come in and take over and do it because I was too. I'm never, I'm never going to learn. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And that definitely is connected to ego. You're talking about fear helping you not have an ego, which may happen. But I think if we do have an ego too much and we're uh, presented with fear, then we're not going to learn from it. You know, like you're saying, we're not going to ask ourselves, why am I fearful or what do I need to do? You're just, I don't know. There's a lot of different ways to respond, but it's not going to be, it's not going to be positive. So yeah, I think they're linked to each other. Definitely. In in several different ways. Yeah. No, for sure. And I don't want to keep beating a dead horse. I think we kind of hashed over this whole topic pretty good. And, uh, we're about out of time anyway. I really appreciate you coming on and, uh, just, we'll, we'll kind of keep these round table discussions kind of going and 
I would like to get you on here maybe monthly or maybe bi-monthly, depending on how our schedules look. And we won't always talk about stuff quite so heavy, for sure. We'll talk about some other stuff that's more fun and lighthearted. But no, this is something that I kind of kind of been hashing over and we used to always have good talks. So I figured it might be a fun one to, to have you on and discuss. And I really appreciate you and, and your perspective and keep up the good work. I, I thanks. Thanks again for coming on. I don't know if you want to say any concluding thoughts and you can go ahead. And yeah, no, it. it's been good. I appreciate you making me think about this. Definitely some connections made. I hadn't thought of before. So appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. No, cool. Alrighty, everybody. I'm going to end the podcast right there. Thanks again for listening to the junk drawer podcast. We will be back again next week with more. Thanks for listening.